listening to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at GraceNationMin and on Facebook. Now, here is your host, President of Grace Nation Ministries, Victor. Hello guys, my name is Victor and I am so blessed to be able to be here with you today on the first ever installment of the Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. Today I have an amazing co-host with me here to discuss so many things. I'm so excited. I just want to welcome my good friend, Griffin. Hi, Victor. It's great to be here. Thanks for being here on such short notice. Uh, Things happened, but I'm glad that you're able to be here. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a student at Trinity College. I'm a senior this year. I'm majoring in advanced theological studies, and uh, I think I'm going to go to seminary when I'm done. Any seminaries in mind? A couple. Good. All right. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Um, So yeah, basically, I'm just going to take some time and introduce the show since this is the first installment. Um, Basically, God just kind of laid on my heart that it was time to extend Grace Nation beyond what we were doing. Uh, It was time to take a step outside of a comfort zone. It was time to um, kind of reach outside the area that we were in. And God just kind of opened up the opportunities and we were able to start a podcast and we named it Bringing Grace to the Nations. Um, So it's just a really cool opportunity and I'm super blessed um, to be able just to be in the position that I am, uh, that I'm in. So before we go ahead and just dive into some of the questions we have and some of the things we're going to talk about today, we're just going to go ahead and take some time and pray um, and just kind of begin this time in in a word of prayer so we can enter in uh, just a blessed time. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to be here today um, and talk about your word. Uh, Hopefully give some insights, hopefully give some in-depth discussion. God, open some doors, uh, give some insight and understanding, God, we just pray that you would speak in and through us, Lord, that you would use us in a way that we may have never been used before. But God, we know and are confident that you will fully equip us for every good work. Um, And so, Lord, we thank you for this time. God, we pray for the people who come across this podcast, Lord, that you would just open their heart and uh, just just speak into their lives in and through it in whichever way you see fit, God. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you so much for this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to go ahead and start off our podcast with diving into a verse that has been just kind of prevalent in my life for the past uh, few weeks, few months, and it's probably the pinnacle of Romans, in my opinion. Uh, I just love it. So we're going to dive into Romans 12, 1 and 2, and I'm just going to go ahead and read it for you guys. ESV. Verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Just initial thoughts on that verse. Like, what do you have for that? Because... These verses speak so much truth um, yeah. about how we should be living spiritually. Right. Um, and so do you just have like any initial thoughts off of that? Because that's just so powerful. I mean, I think, the, I mean, it starts out by talking about a living sacrifice. And I mean, what does that mean? You know, 
Like, yeah. That's that's a kind of I mean a sacrifice. When we think of sacrifice, we think of you know things being killed and offered up. But what does it mean to be a living sacrifice? Yeah, yeah. and I mean if when I look at the word living or the words living sacrifice, I don't. I feel like I'm not looking at something that's passive. Like right. be like something that's dead is doing nothing, but something that's living, I feel like has to be doing something. Like the heart is beating. Right. Like it's an act of choice that we make. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Something we do, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And then it just goes on to say, which is our spiritual worship, um, and just just keeping that in mind. Like we're presenting our bodies that God has blessed us with as a living sacrifice, and that is how we worship God. And we are called to worship and glorify God. Right. Um, and that, that's just what that talks about. Um, yeah. And then just going on in verse two, like, do you have any insights on, on that? Like, don't be conformed to the world. Like, what do you have for that? Well, like, I mean, when we, we talk about not being conformed to the world, it's talking about that we're giving all of ourselves to God. You know, we're not giving some of ourselves to God and some of ourselves to the world by conforming to it. Right. Like, when you think about a sacrifice, a sacrifice gives all of itself Mm -hmm. to be sacrificed. And so, like, the way I've been told is that, like, you know, we as human beings, we have 10 pints of blood in our body. Uh, And when we, like, donate some of that, we give however many pints, you know, we don't want to give too many or else you're going to pass out. You don't want that. But the, the, the idea is we are trying, we are giving God all 10 pints of ourselves. We're not giving God some and giving the world some of our worship and some of our adoration and some of our sacrifices, but we're not going to conform to the world. Instead, we're going to give all of that to God by being a living sacrifice. Right. It's so true. Um, And I love that example of the of the giving blood um, and and giving all of it and not just a portion of it. Um, And then it goes on to say that later in verse two is that so don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. When I ask, I'm going to ask you, like, what do you think it means to have a renewed mind? I think that's just the justification process. That when we're saved and we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and he comes into our life, he renews our mind. He gives us new thoughts, new ideas, new ways to look at the world, a different worldview, you know? Yeah. And, and then looking at the word transformed, would you say that is something that is, like, continuously happening or is it saying be transformed done by the renewal of your mind i think it's this i think it's that we are transformed as soon as we're saved like we're instantly justified but there's a process that happens after that it's kind of both that right. after that initial transita- transformation and renewal happens then we go on and live our life and it takes time to become sanctified and holy and to learn how to be a living sacrifice right. constantly and obviously we're going to fail I fail every day. I'm sure you fail every day. Yeah, I don't like to admit it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a process and also instantaneous. Right. I like it. That's so true. And and then it goes on. And and the word discern for me for the past, I don't know, three months has been quite a a big topic. And I don't know if if you're familiar with the book, um, The Discipline of of Spiritual Discernment. I actually have read it. By Tim Chalice, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's been a big theme for me over, you know, the past summer. Mm -hmm. Um, and like just the word discern like and the implications that it has for us spiritually it says be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that by testing you may discern so you can't discern if your mind hasn't been renewed that's right it's it's, you know they go hand in hand absolutely um and so i just didn't know if you had any thoughts of that because we are called 
to be transformed, mm-hmm. then to have a renewed mind, right? And then by testing, discern what the will of God is. That's a lot of stuff, right? That's like the, the discerning is like the end game, you know. That's like we go through all this, and what do we all really kind of want? What do we need in our lives? We need direction. Right. We need we need a purpose. We need a goal, and we want to discern that. But how can we discern that if we don't have a renewed mind? Right. And we haven't been transformed. But once we have been transformed and our minds have been renewed, then suddenly we are able to discern the will of God for our lives right. and start moving in a direction that God wants us to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, so it's like we're discerning what the will of God is, and then what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm. So, I mean, the will of God is those three things. It's good, acceptable, and perfect. Right. Um, I think sometimes we get this skewed idea of what the will of God is. Yeah. Sometimes, even today, we actually had a chapel service. It was awesome. And they were talking about how we sometimes look at the will of God as a dot. Mm-hmm. And there is one specific call, and if we mess it up, we're done. Mm-hmm. And that's a common misconception in the Christian community when, like, just love Jesus and anything you do while loving Jesus at, at the core of your being, you're going to be in the realm of, of the will of God, would you say? Yeah, it's really more like a, he's, he described it more like a circle. Right. And in the circle, there's a little bit of wiggle room, you know? As long as you're inside the circle, you're okay. And the circle is just, right. you got to love Jesus and live for him, you know? Right. Like, I can easily say that the will of God for my life is one thing. Like, he has blessed me with specific spiritual gifts. And so I'm probably going to stick to those spiritual gifts. And I'm going to love God while I utilize them. Yep. I mean, that's the will of God, to glorify yep. him and enjoy him forever. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that was a common misconception that was brought up, and I just thought it was so I true. thought it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, so just Romans 12, 1 through 2, as we have seen, just has so many implications for our life. And it, it has implications not just for right when we're saved, but, I mean, we can look at this verse. The most mature Christian in the world we'll look at this verse and have something to glean from it. Always. Um, yeah. Just talking about that process of sanctification when after you're justified, you know, like that's just mm-hmm. that's just some good stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of what we have for Romans 12, 1 through 2. Um, and the next point of discussion that I'd love to talk to you about is Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 or something, wherever you want to yeah. end. Uh, specifically where it's talking about the armor of God. Um this is a very famous passage, yeah. um, specifically within Christian circles. You know, like mm-hmm. this—you'll see it on coffee cups, you'll <laughs> see it on on uh, t-shirts, uh, putting on the armor of God. So, I'm going to read the entire section, and then we'll just kind of take it chunk by chunk and talk about it. All right, awesome. So, starting in verse ten, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert 
with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And we'll end there in verse 18. Um, there's a lot of commentaries that talk about what each of the different parts of the armor symbolize and all those different things. Um, not necessarily where, I, where I'm going to be going while we talk about this specific verse, I want to talk about sure. how this imply, like how can we apply this specific section to our life and what does that look like? Okay, sure, yeah. Um, so, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the schemes of the devil. What do you think that symbolizes? Well, the first thing I see is be strong in the Lord and in and in the strength of his might put on the armor of god oh yeah um so what do you think about that i, mean, I think the first point right at the gate here is it's saying this isn't us you know we're not doing this based on our own ability or strength this armor of god is not something that we kind of pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and and right. make this happen ourselves it's like we did something we do in the strength of his might something that god gives us the ability to do and we move within that you know we're not able to do this without god you know right absolutely and and like we see that we're not able to do it and we're not putting it on for no purpose like it has like god is giving us the strength to put this on for a purpose and it goes on to say so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil and i think that's really strong too because like what are the schemes of the devil like what does that look like in i don't know like an everyday christian life like what are some of the schemes of the devil that he tries to attack us with I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff. I mean, doubts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all face doubts. If you if you don't if you haven't doubted at some point in your life, you know you're lying. Right. Everyone hasn't had doubts. Um, struggles, pain, tragedy. Mm -hmm. All of these things are schemes for the devil to try to diminish our faith. Right. To try to hurt our relationship with the Lord. You know, temptation, things like that. Right. That you know, when God gives us strength to put on this armor, this like metaphorical armor to right. fight against that against these schemes the devil is constantly putting in our lives. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, going on to verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly places. And I think this is really interesting because it's saying that our battle isn't being fought necessarily against flesh and blood, against on this earth. But we're battling that you know that faith you know the thing those doubts that saints plant that that are being planted into us um you know those tragedies and i think it's interesting because the devil likes to use physical issues to attack us in the spiritual realm right um for instance a death in the family yeah could very well be used to plant doubts in a christian's mind and so although our battle isn't against flesh and blood, I think it's something that he likes to utilize so that we do end up... And it all points back to the battle against the cosmic powers. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But that's not where we're focused. Flesh mm -hmm. and blood's not where we're focused. If we focus on flesh and blood, we're focusing on the world. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, so... What do you think it means when it says against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places? I mean, I think it's talking about, when it says heavenly places, I don't think it's talking about heaven because there's no evil in heaven. But I think it's talking about the, like, the supernatural realm. Right. You know, the, the ethereal realm that exists. Mm -hmm. You know, heaven's a place. Hell is a real place. You know, and in those places, 
is evil in right. in the world that we live in there exists evil that exists beyond what we can see and touch right. and that's what we're really up against right you know? yeah absolutely um and, and that's why we need the armor that's why we have to equip ourselves with mm-hmm. what god is giving us the strength to equip absolutely um because if not we might be able to handle a battle against flesh and blood honestly but when it comes to things like spiritual warfare there's nothing we can do in ourselves to prepare us or to equip us to be able to handle that in any way shape or form oh yeah you're absolutely right um and that's why you know thanks be to god he gives us he gives us the equipment <laughs> um and it goes on to say so back into verse 13 therefore take up the whole armor of god that you may be that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm and the biggest part that i really focus on in this passage or this verse specifically is having done all to stand firm Mm. What do you think it means to have done all? I think it actually even ties into the beginning of the verse when it says take up the whole armor of God. You know? Right. That when we go through and in the later verses read these attributes that take up make up the armor of God, it's not it's it's listed, but it's not a checklist. Okay. It's not like we go, okay, gotta put on my helmet of salvation. Okay, gotta Check. put on my Breastplate of righteousness, right. check. My shoes of peace, check. No, that's not how it works. we got to put on the whole armor of God. We can't visualize it as one thing or another. It is it. Right. It is the armor of God that is made up of these different things. Right. So when we say we take up the armor of God, we're taking on godliness. Mm. What oh, it's describing is godliness. Almost like the body of Christ. Almost like the body of Christ. Wow. What? what? It's crazy. That's crazy. And yeah. so when you take up the armor of God, you can't visualize it as you have to do these certain things. You just have to live for Jesus. Right wholeheartedly to give it your all right you know absolutely yeah so i think that's a great explanation of of what it means to have done all to stand firm um and then you know moving on to verse 14 stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and then going on into verse 15 and as the shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace then in verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming darts from the evil one. So I want to stop here in verse 16. Mm-hmm. Not to say that the other two verses aren't <laughs> important, but taking a step in verse 16, extinguishing the flaming darts of the evil one. What, what implication does that have? Why, why does the shield allow us to extinguish the flaming darts or is it just the shield or is it a whole is it again like a whole body type of thing like what are some of the flaming darts how does that apply to us how do we extinguish them right i think how the specific you know items of the armor of god apply here are that you don't do these things to have the armor of god when you have the armor of god you do these things right you know it's kind of a flip it mm-hmm. and so when you have the armor of god you have faith and when these doubts shoot into your heart like arrows Mm -hmm. when these tragedies inflict in your life and worry and pain starts to kind of hit in your heart like a dart like a flaming arrow you have faith in the god that we worship and love that he is in control that he loves us that Mm. it's gonna be okay because he has our best interests in mind it's the faith that deflects those flaming darts okay and ultimately it's it's our faith that is given by god Oh, yeah. You know, so, again, it's God equipping us 
with everything we need to be able to stand firm, like the verse talks about. Absolutely. Um, And then moving on to verses 17 and 18. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And, I mean, verse 17 talks about the sword of the Spirit. And that's probably the most, that's one of the more popular verses saying that, like, the word of God is our weapon against these evil schemes or against the world or against whatever is being thrown at us. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in the same sense as it is our weapon to attack, it's also, you know, a sword to defend with. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, it protects us just as much as it attacks for us. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I used to fence a long time ago. And um, the thing they teach you when you're fencing is the purpose of your sword. And uh, they say that it actually has three purposes uh, to attack, to defend, and to like give you information. Hmm. That when you're attacking someone and you can feel their blade against yours, that it tells you where they are. Right. I mean, I think that the Bible being described as a sword kind of does the same thing. We use it to attack these doubts and to attack hmm. this evil that we face. We use it to defend ourselves against what the world attacks us with and to, and to build ourselves up. But it also gives us information. Right. It tells us about who God is. It tells us about who we are. Right. It tells us about the world we live in. I mean, the analogy of the Bible being a sword is really kind of fantastic. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, yeah, that's great. Um, and then just finally talking about just, just praying at all times in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think we can pray, but not be in the spirit sometimes. Um, yeah. And so just praying in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. What do you think it means to pray in the spirit? Like, why did that have to be, you know, why did, why did it have to say in the spirit? What does that mean? Well, because, I mean, sometimes when we, I mean, especially if, not to, not to say this isn't good, but in some churches and some denominations, when you say the same prayer mm-hmm. constantly, I love the tradition behind that mm-hmm. and the meaning behind that. But if you don't, if you're not careful, sometimes that just becomes an exercise. Right. That just becomes, you know, you've memorized it. It's cursory. A habit. You just, it, habit. You say the words. You don't think about it. That's out, outside of the spirit, you know. Right. Um, I think that none of us, especially myself, I can say, appreciate prayer as much as we should. Mm. Because, oh my goodness, it is in the Bible everywhere. Yeah. To pray, 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 pray. And whenever somebody tells me, oh, pray about it, or you need to pray about this, and over the years, people constantly telling me that, I kind of put it in the back of my head of, yeah, they're going to tell me to pray about it. Right. But they're not wrong. Right. Nobody's wrong. you got to pray. Yeah. you got to pray constantly. Talk to God. We get to talk to God. That's yeah. so cool. Like, yeah, that communication line right? has been opened. It's, we should utilize it. All the time, constantly, in, in the spirit. I mean, when you love God and you want to communicate with him, that's praying in the spirit. Mm. God's not going to deny that. God's going to listen and hear that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember when I was younger, I'd do the, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep every <laughs> night. And, and my mom would get mad at me. Stop praying like that, Victor. What are you talking about, mom? But now I realize the implications. Praying in the spirit, being intentional with our communications with God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I think it's really interesting, especially when you were talking about how the armor is in a bunch of different pieces. It's one piece of armor with different actions or like with different parts. Yeah. Um, 
And so I wanted to move to this awesome verse I found in Colossians 3. Um, and it actually, I feel like, plays a lot into um, the armor. So I'm going to start in Colossians 3.12, but the actual verse is 3.14. So Colossians 3.12 says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. And then in verse 14, this is where... I want to highlight, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. If love is what binds everything together perfectly, although they're not direct parallels, do you think it would be theologically correct to say that what binds the armor together on us is love? I think yes, and, and I'll tell you why. Because I mean, let's look at let's look at the armor of God. You know, you have the the belt of truth, right? Mm. What use is truth without love? Right. If I go up to someone and just start yelling at them the truths of the Bible, and start you know picketing and throwing these truths at them, they're not going to hear me. Right. Um, that, that's going to have no weight with them. But if I show someone love and care and attention and show them that I actually care about them, right. then suddenly the truth that I have has a lot more impact. Right, absolutely. And I think that that applies to the whole armor. You know, righteous, what is righteousness without love? Right. And none of it means anything unless there's love behind it. Right. You know? And that's what that's what holds it all together. That's what makes it meaningful. Right, absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree more. Um, I just love the picture of just love. Like, love, like above all these things like the most important one of faith hope and love the greatest of these is love like mm -hmm. everything everything would be meaningless if it weren't for love if jesus came down and had no love then that would not be jesus you know That's what i right. mean like yeah. love is the sin like love is jesus yeah you know and, and when we deviate from anything outside of that you know, then then we're going off into to heresy. You're right. Um, Absolutely right. I just I just love the picture that that paints. Um, Me too. And so yeah, the last thing I just wanted to talk about. I know I said I wouldn't talk about the pieces and going into like their significance, but one thing I really do love is the shield, the shield of faith. Um, and, and I was reading some commentaries, and I was just looking. Just to paint a picture of what the shields would have looked like, they're not like these wimpy little square shields that like you'd have to like move around all crazy like to uh -huh. block arrows. Like they were full body shields. Oh yeah, you know, and that's a pretty cool picture to paint. Like like, it's not just a small shield that will cover a portion of a person. Like it is a shield that when placed in front of you, nothing is getting past it. That's right. Um, and I just like that picture. I thought it, I thought it would be worth bringing up. Absolutely. Um, okay. So now, time to give you a little bit more time of the talking. All right. I would love to hear from you in this season of life that you're in. What would you say that the most impactful Bible verse is in your life right now, and why? All right. I'll tell you. I've been actually almost exclusively in James 1 for the past couple weeks. I've just been in one chapter just reading it constantly and just letting it marinate over my life. And um, the verse in James 1 that's been most impactful that I've tried to commit to memorization to, to just be a part of my day is James 1 verse 12. 
which reads, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And the reason this verse is so important to me right now is that, you know, when we go through times of trial, when we're going through a tough time, it's verses like this that remind me that, you know, God's got my back, mm. you know, that God's got my back because he's going to help me remain steadfast under this trial. Right. And I'm, I'm blessed because of that. I'm blessed because God is with me. He's helping me stand fast under trial. And I'm going to, you know, it says I'm going to receive a crown of life when the test is done, when, when my life is over and I go to heaven and the Lord's going to give me a crown because he's helped me withstand this trial because uh, it's promised to those who love him. And I love Jesus. Yeah. And so um, it's just that, that verse especially in this time when people go through trials that I feel like it's so right beneficial to understand that trial isn't without meaning right you know the trials in that and that we're not alone in trial in that we don't have to despair in trial because the lord's got our back right you know he can do what i can't right when i'm weak he is strong and i am weak all the time right you know yeah <laughs> that's the hardest lesson to learn <laughs> yeah absolutely and i just like and relating that back to the beginning of james one you know mm-hmm count it as joy when you go, when through, you go trials, through trials tribulations persecutions what mm-hmm. you know so and i think that's where the steadfast comes into play mm-hmm. um remaining steadfast it's really easy to say but not always the easiest thing to practice absolutely so in your opinion what would it mean or how does it how does it look for a christian to remain steadfast through trials through trials, oh man, that's so that's so good because there's so many different kinds of trials that we face in life. You know, we have tragedy, temptation, doubts, and it's just the list goes on and on and on of trials that we face in this life. And the way we stand fast, we stand steadfast, is just to remember that in those moments, it's not about being strong. That's just the important thing. Yeah. It's not about being strong. If you think it's about you being strong, you're gonna have a terrible life mm. because I can't be strong, you can't be strong, we can't be strong. I've tried being strong. It's exhausting and disappointing because you're yeah. always going to fail. In the end, we have to realize that it's God who's strong in us who trust in him. Hmm. We, when, when I say that we need to be steadfast, we don't need to be steadfast in ourselves and what we can do. Right. We need to be steadfast in God hmm. and what he can do and rely on him and pray constantly right. through these trials for aid and assistance and strength. And the Lord will not let that prayer sit empty. Right. He Absolutely. honors that prayer. And so, um, yeah, so steadfast, this is all about. Yeah, I mean, and, it, and it's cool because we have an example of what steadfastness looks like. We have a God who is always steadfast. Mm-hmm. I mean, his love, and I mean, you read through Psalms, and it's, it seems like every other Psalm talks about God's steadfast love. Oh, yeah. You know, and so we're not left here and told to be steadfast without something to look to on how to be steadfast. We have the ultimate person the per- and the person of Jesus, where we can see what that steadfast love looks like. Absolutely. Um, which is, that's so cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Now, uh, that verse is Happy tremendous. Yeah. Um, and now, uh, just for the last point of discussion today, I just want to talk about, especially for us college students, people who are in the midst of schoolwork and, you know, just social life and jobs and trying to balance all of these things together. Like, how do you stay focused on God? Um, and I find it, it's different with the school that we attend because we go to a Christian theological school. Right. 
you know? Yeah. And so it presents a whole set of different challenges in terms of we can be so focused on God that we're not focused on God. Yes. Each class is so directed and the Bible basically becomes our textbook. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that in that sense, we face our own struggles. But what what would you say about, you know, people that might attend public universities? Um, like, what would be your number one big thing for a college student that attends a pu- public university to do to keep their eyes focused on God? Oh, absolutely. It's actually really, uh, it's a pretty easy answer. Uh, I've had, I have friends that go to, you know, I, mean, I call them regular colleges, but you know, yeah, <laughs> secular schools, and they've done these, and I've seen people try different things, and what succeeds, and what works, and what doesn't, for staying connected with God in His community. Right. And the word is community, and mm. in, in, in two facets, the word is community. Uh, find a church. Yeah. That is when you go off to school, whether you go to school local to your home or somewhere completely different. If you want to remain connected with God and you want to remain connected with your, you know, your relationship with Christ and people around you, go find a church. Go find a church that not just you can go to, but you can get connected with and start serving there, right. making impacts in your community. That's the first way is is your church community. The second is find a, an on campus Christian club, right. like the Navigators or. Um, Crew, crew. Camp, like yeah, yeah. campus is crew now. Uh, find something on campus that is Christian you can be a part of, so that inside and outside of your school you can have these Christian communities mm-hmm. where you can fellowship, Bible study together, and just grow. And that's honestly the easiest and I think the most successful way to yeah. stay connected with Jesus while you're off of college. Yeah, and I, just like when you look at the statistics of like people going into their college year or in their college years, I think that's like the highest dropout numbers for churches is when kids go off to college. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we're called to make disciples as we go, we can't make disciples if we're not focused on God. Absolutely. If we're living in this world, we can't be of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we're living in this world and living in this world, you know, there's no way we can make disciples when, you know, we're following the trends that our culture is setting as standards instead of what God sets as standards. Absolutely. Um, and, like, we are called to be in community. In Hebrews, it just ta- it talks about, like, don't neglect fellowship with other believers. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, definitely, that's a, I would say that's a huge, a huge thing. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much for your input. I really appreciate it. It's... it's um, it's been good discussion. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. So just a few kind of like updates and reminders for the upcoming uh, week here on grace-nation.com, Grace Nation Ministries. We are going to be having a brand new sermon series starting on Wednesday. Wednesday will be the first uh, sermon that, that will be posted. It's called The Misconception. Uh, I'm super excited for this series. It's going to be talking about how the church's charity produces toxic results. Um, so super interesting. I'm really excited. I hope you guys will definitely check in on those sermons. It'll be probably a four week series. Um, and then expect regular podcasts, uh, every Saturday. Um, I'm starting off season one of our podcasts with five episodes. So for the next five Saturdays, it will be a podcast posted on Grace Nation Ministries. And then after that, there'll be a few weeks off and we'll kind of set our direction for the upcoming season um and so i'm super excited that god has kind of opened this door um and hopefully although this is episode one it'll have his kinks it'll have its bugs hopefully as we progress we can find those things and uh just continue to make the quality of it better 
Um, and so, yeah. I'm super excited. I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Griffin, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining me on Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. Um, I'm so grateful. Oh, no problem. It was a blast. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much that we can come and just discuss you. Thank you for the freedom to be able to do that. God, and we just pray that as we continue throughout this week, Lord, that you would place on our hearts the convictions of things that we need to let you handle oh, god they're so sometimes we we carry in our pride we carry our burdens um but i pray that you would give us hearts of humility to give our burdens to you oh, god because you are more than capable and more than willing to take those from us so i just pray that you'd give us the hearts to be able to do that Lord, we thank you so much for this time. God, I thank you for just the podcast. I thank you for the equipment just to be able to produce something like this. I thank you for just the resources that that are just available, God. And I just thank you for blessing me in every way to be able to put this together. God, we love you. We praise you and we thank you for everything that you have done and everything that you will do in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Make sure to share the podcast, Facebook. You can send me a tweet at Grace Nation Men. Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com. Tons of ways to get in contact with me. Do it. Send me your questions. We'll talk about them on air. I can't wait to hear from you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Until then, And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN Podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at gracenationmin. Until next time, take care and God bless.